It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. I know that I shouldn't sound surprised as the guy who writes the books to say that it's really nice to stop what you're doing and spend time with the kids, but sometimes you actually need that reminder. And now here's the stars of our show, my mum and dad. Hello, this is Dr. Justin Coulson, the founder of happyfamilies.com.au. I hate it when you look at me like, I'm just in trouble. We're about to record I'll Do Better Tomorrow for our Friday podcast. I'll Do Better Tomorrow is where we look back on the week that was, we reflect on the time that we've had with the kids, what worked, what didn't, what's been special, what hasn't, how we can be better parents. And I've just said to Kylie, what are you going to talk about? What should I talk about? (laughs) And now I'm in trouble because I'm the parenting expert and I should have lots of things to talk about with my time with my kids because I'm so good at it, right? Well, I already haven't had enough time thinking of my own story, (laughs) let alone thinking of one for you too. We, We actually do spend time with our children. We love it. But this is tricky. This is, I had a parenting insight the other day that I want to share, though, before I dive into I'll Do Better Tomorrow. I was playing the piano, and I realised playing the piano was like parenting. Do you want to know how? Are you going to tell me? Well, if you ask. Would you like to tell me <laughs> how parenting is like a piano? Well, honey, I'm so glad that you asked. Thank you so very much. When you're playing the piano, you play with your right hand, you play with your left hand, and when you're practising and learning a piece, you learn one hand at a time. And it sounds terrible. Well, sometimes. Sometimes the melody or the bass or whatever is, is beautiful as well in and of itself. Not when you're learning to play. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, that's true. Learning is hard and learning means making lots of mistakes. But once you get that right hand and you start to try to bring the left hand in, it's really tricky. To, it's easy to play the left hand, easy to play the right hand, but it's hard to play them both together. So it's easy to tell someone else to hit parent. But when you actually have to do it yourself, it's like putting the two hands together. I feel like you're sort of throwing some barbs my way. That's a really nice analogy, but no, that's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is parenting kids, like like we're we're the right hand as the parent. Okay, so we know what our right hand is supposed to be doing. We know we're supposed to be self-aware. We're supposed to be patient, forgiving. We're supposed to ask questions, guide our children, do all that sort of stuff. We can do all of that when we're not with the kids. We can talk about it all the time when we're not with the kids. But the kids are the left hand. The kids are the craziness and the chaos and the eruptions and the difficulties and the learning challenges and the diagnoses. And the kids are all the stuff that's happening with the left hand. And they actually do okay quite often when they're on their own. But when we come together, when we bring our stuff to their stuff, it's really hard to play our piece perfectly. Do you like that? It takes a whole lot of practice to be able to bring the left hand and the right hand together and make our family function harmoniously. Awesome. I thought, so how did you do that this week? I thought that was a really – you don't like it. I thought that was great. No, it was kind of what I was saying, just you took it the wrong way. Oh. Before you have children, you yes. kind of have all the answers. and you, Oh, it's yeah. It's so yeah. easy to tell everybody else how to do it. Yep. And then children come along, the left hand comes along, and all of a sudden all of that advice and you know instant knowledge you thought you had about how it was all going to work goes out the window because the two of you just don't – you're not harmonious. So for – I'll do better tomorrow for those of you who are new to the Happy Families podcast. Oh, I haven't even mentioned. I'm Justin. You're Kylie. We're the um, Happy Families. Maybe you're Fred today. <laughs> Wilma. Uh, so um, I'm the founder of happyfamilies.com.au. We've got six kids. I've written uh, – well, my seventh book is coming out. It's on its way to me. I'm going to have it in my hot little hand in, uh, I think, uh, two weeks' time. I was going to say I'll be able to hold up the screen for all of our podcast listeners, but that's, well, that's you not going to help. Podcasting World does have filters. They did use a filter. I, yeah, I loved how JR did that earlier in the week when we were talking but about But we your- don't have a camera. Okay, let's, let's focus on parenting. The purpose of our Friday podcast is I'll do better tomorrow. What did we do well? What didn't we do well? How can we become better parents? Should I go first since I've clearly got a whole lot less to say than you this week? 
Go for it. I work a lot and it's really hard to find time, but I feel like I've nailed a couple of things. The first thing is really simple. The other day I decided to work from home rather than here in the office and I'm sitting on the couch uh, Emily, our eight-year-old, has come home from school. It's like 3.35 or something like that. I normally knock off if I can at four o'clock, but we'd had a lot of interruptions that day. I'd had a couple of meetings. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm typing away. I'm trying to finish this really awesome article that I've been working on for a few days, and I'm so excited to almost be finished, and Emily starts talking to me. We've got a little set of bongo drums. She wants me to teach her how to play the bongo drums. She wants to tell me about Pokemon. She wants to look at my phone. She wants to watch a documentary. She wants a hot chocolate. She wants to go scooter riding with me even though it's raining. She wants to show me the great big bruise on her knee from where she fell off the scooter the other day. And after Sounds about- Sounds like every eight-year-old you've ever met. I know. After about 45 minutes of trying to- well, It took me 45 minutes to figure this out. But after 45 minutes of really trying so hard to get this article written, because I was so close to being finished, and after gently encouraging her to go and play with the neighbours or go and do something in a room or go and whatever, it occurred to me that, um, <clears throat> hey, parenting expert, it's not working. Your child needs some attention. So I closed up the computer. I spent some time with her, and it was just so nice. Like, it, it was really, really awesome. I loved it. Uh, and so as a result of stopping what I'm doing and spending time with our children, on uh, Wednesday afternoon... One of the kids gave me a call on the way home from school and said, hey, Dad, want to go surfing? And I said, you bet. So I packed up on time and we went surfing. And it was it was great. I mean, the water was cold. The air was cold. It's the middle of winter. It's silly to be in the water, really. But she's loving surfing. She's motivated and eager to do it. And she wants to spend time with her dad. So we did. And it was awesome. Oh, and I've got one more. Do tell. Last Friday night. After our I'll Do Better Tomorrow episode, uh, our daughter has got a gig at the local fish and chip shop playing the guitar on a Friday night. And so I went down and with you. You and I sat in the um, in the freezing cold, 13-degree outdoor area, and we listened to our daughter play the guitar, and she couldn't get her amp working and the microphone wouldn't work. And it was absolutely awesome in spite of all of it. And she got paid for playing the guitar. She's living the dream. She's now a professional muso. <laughs> Her first paid busking job. But I, I I mean, I felt like I was just dadding right because that afternoon she didn't have everything she needed to be able to go down with the with all of the equipment and set it all up. She needed a microphone stand and a microphone and she needed a music, stand. a music stand and who knows what else. And so I'm running around to the music store with her and we're buying this and we're buying that and we're getting it all set up so that she can go and create this life for herself. And but you're not a very good techie. Oh, I hadn't, I'd be the worst roadie <laughs> in the world. Uh, it, we couldn't get sound. We couldn't make anything work. <laughs> I just told her to sing loud. And so she sang with the microphone a metre away from her mouth and everyone's probably thinking, if she just moved the microphone closer, it'll work. <laughs> but it wasn't working, so she just moved it away. But what I love about this community that we find ourselves in now is just it, it's just such a warm, inviting and supportive space mm. for her to be. And people sat and they ate their dinner and they clapped and they tipped her. and yeah. In spite of the fact that her mic wasn't working and it, it, I just loved it. But my take-home message about all this parenting stuff is sometimes you just got to down tools and spend time with the kids. And when you do, it's actually great. It's really, really – I mean, I, I know that I shouldn't sound surprised – as the guy who writes the books, to say that it's really nice to stop what you're doing and spend time with the kids. But sometimes you actually need that reminder. And there were, were just three instances this week where I've really intentionally uh, dived in. Sometimes it's required a little bit of extra coercion from the kids. But getting there and making it happen has been awesome. So that's my I'll Do Better Tomorrow, Mrs. Happy Families. Can't wait to hear yours next. Family life is pretty tough going sometimes. 
Most days are a struggle between strong-willed children and frazzled parents, but it can be better. The 21 Days to a Happier Family program is designed for busy parents who want a calmer, happier family. And it can be done with evidence-based strategies and practices that really work in 21 days. All resources are available for your family for 21 days to a happier family at happyfamilies.com.au. It's the Happy Families Podcast, the podcast for the time poor parent who just wants answers now. I can't believe you just stole my line. Well, you were just not really getting ready to dive in and say anything, so I figured well, I'd do race, it for you. it's not a race, you know. <laughs> what was your I'll do better tomorrow? What have you learned about did parenting? That. Did you have a win or a so loss? I so little on this podcast and you oh. took my one line. Hey, you've got the next however many minutes. It's your story. Well, I've got a couple of stories. Oh, really? Thank take, you very taking much. Taking a leaf out of my book. Maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I thought I might just share this one because we've done a couple of podcasts lately on school refusal yep. and it, it has been a really big challenge in our home. Yeah, we've got a couple of kids, one in particular who's hardcore. And day one of term three. Which was this, uh, this week on Monday was just a disaster. And I was in Melbourne, so I couldn't be here to help you. Here, here I am, the parenting expert. Have fun making our family happy, honey. I've got to go and help other people have happy families themselves. So I did all of the right things, all of the things that we've suggested. I just made sure that everything was prepped the night before. It was ready to go. We had a really, really cruisy, stress-free morning. She got to have a bath and washed her hair and just, you know, soaked up that nice relaxation. She had breakfast. But when it came time to go to school, we just did not want to go to school. She wouldn't get dressed. It's freezing right now. Mm-hmm. It's like 10 degrees in the morning and she's walking around with wet hair and a towel wrapped around her and won't let me dress her. So in the end, I literally had to pick her up. And while I did it very gently, she kicked and screamed and did everything she could to make it absolutely impossible to get her clothes on. And by the time we got to school, I was a wreck. I was an emotional wreck. I felt like the worst parent in the world because my child was so distressed about having to go to school and it just felt awful. So I made a beeline for the counsellor's office and I know they're for the students, but I sat down on the couch and I had a big cry with her. She just made me feel so much better about what was going on. And she gave me this little analogy and I don't know if it'll help, but just the idea that as a parent, I'm like the school bus driver Mm. and my job is to get my child to school. And then working with the teachers, they then take take care of her and, you know, kind of help her throughout the the next part of her day. Every afternoon, no matter how hard it is to get her to school, I pick her up and she's got the biggest smile on her face and she's had the best day. So I know that once she's there, she's fine and she's doing great things. But just that process of getting her there is so traumatic for both of us at times. It feels, I just feel awful. And so I was really, really grateful for just, you know, having another adult listening ear to kind of remind me that it's okay and then to see her face at the end of the day and what had actually happened was they started bead club. Yep, yep. For term three. And so she went and made some beads and she was so excited to come home and show me what she'd done. And so the next day when we went off to school, I said, I wonder what club's going to be on today. She said, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And just these little moments where you get to kind of give them an opportunity to look forward to something makes a big difference. We've still had a bit of a choppy week. It hasn't been perfect, but 
just that reminder that if we work together as a team, school and home, then the process hopefully over time is going to get a bit easier. So the critical thing here though is while we're encouraging our children to push through it because avoidance does reinforce anxiety, if the anxiety was long lasting, if it continued throughout the day, if we had tears all through the day and there were tears when she came home, then we would really have to reevaluate our position on this. But right now, once she's there, it's fine. It's just getting her there. Mm. It's kind of like the three-year-old at preschool or kindy or whatever it is. It's the same kind of thing. If you can get them there and they're happy, they're settled, they're well-adjusted, they're doing all the stuff that's supposed to happen and, and it's not like it's breaking them. It's not like we're crushing their soul to do it then it is actually worth pushing through. Mm. If, on the other hand, there's ongoing distress, the child's feeling traumatised and it, it keeps going, that's when you, you step back and say, all right, we need to reassess. So that that's great. And I love the fact that the school is finding different ways to engage and activate the kids, especially the ones that don't want to be there with things like chess club and bead club and who knows what. I mean, if they had a Pokemon club, can you imagine? <laughs> Anyway, you said you had a couple of Okay, well, the, the next one, I had a conversation with one of our daughters and we were just kind of having a bit of a heart-to-heart and as part of that conversation, I acknowledged that I don't always get it right as a mum and I recognise that there are definitely times with her specifically where I, I get it wrong and I asked her if there was anything that, if, if I could do one thing differently, what would it be? What would make, you know, the biggest difference in her world? And she said, well, and she thought about it for a little while and I always brace myself when I ask that question because you just never know what's going to come out of their mouth. <laughs> that can be pretty brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, the other day, she said, you asked me to cook dinner. And she said, you literally left me in the kitchen to do it all by myself. And she said, I was just really grateful that you trusted I could do it. She said, because, and then she kind of looked at me and she said, the last time we did it, she said, you were in the kitchen and I know you were trying to be helpful, but you got cranky at me every time I didn't do it the way you did it. Mm. And she said, so I just was really grateful that you let me have a go. And I didn't do it like you would have done it, but it was okay. And what was so beautiful about that was I had actually acknowledged to her during the conversation how proud I was of what she had done, that she'd taken it on and that she hadn't complained about it. And she did such a great job. All by herself. So, so what she was really saying is, just leave me alone. If I'm going to go into the kitchen, just stay out of my way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, it's actually, it. it's actually more, like, it's less stressful. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, it's I, less stressful for me, though. Of course. Because when I'm in there, I'm kind of like, that's not how you do it. You've got to read, you've got to read Hunt, Gather, Parent by Michael Ender Cliff. I keep on talking about it on the podcast. There's a whole lot of things about the book that I don't like. I need to be clear about that. I mean... Ultimately, she keeps referring back to her and her two-year-old. It's all the parenting experience she's got. She's not a parenting expert. She's in. Uh, she's got a chemistry PhD, and she really reduces entire cultures down to one or two parenting practices, which is probably pretty reductionist and unhelpful. But this idea of getting out of the kid's way and not correcting them when they get stuff wrong, whether they're raking the leaves or making tortillas or cooking dinner, don't correct them. Just let them do it. Let them make the mess. Let them figure it out. Let them have the experiences. They feel better. They feel more competent and they enjoy it more. Well, let's just say I didn't read the book, but I still got a win. So I'm doing all right. You are. You are. You are. So uh, the take-home message from me was spend time with the kids. Stop what you're doing. Actually spend time. The take-home messages, plural, from you are? Sometimes it's worth pushing through the heart. Yes. Yes. Um, and then, and secondly, getting out of our children's way and allowing them the autonomy 
to actually make mistakes and work through the challenge on their own. All right. Next week, one story each. We've got to get back to the rules, Mrs. Coulson. Uh, but uh, I hope that this conversation for everyone who listens to the Happy Families podcast has given you some food for thought, some stuff to work on for the weekend or for next week, and that it helps to make your family happier. We love that you choose to listen to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. If you're enjoying the podcast, please jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review so that other people can find out about it. It's those ratings and reviews that push the podcast into other people's suggested lists and give them access to all the great stuff that we're offering to make families happier. As always, the Happy Families podcast is produced by Justin Ruland from Bridge Media. Craig Bruce is our executive producer. Next Monday, we talk about refilling our kids' joy tanks. We didn't quite finish that yesterday, so we'll finish that on Monday. And a big podcast on Tuesday talking about how to overcome dad rage, parent rage, when things get out of control. For all that and more, keep on listening to the podcast and check out happyfamilies.com.au. Listener.